Hey everybody, Dan the Nutrition Ninja here. How's it going? Um, gonna dive right into this one because it's a very popular thing right now. Um, and I think a lot of you are going to be interested in it. So, um, amongst other things, I mean, I do this podcast. I happen to write for a couple of newspapers. And I got an email from one of the uh, readers on one of the newspapers. And she asked a great question. And um, after getting it, I kind of responded in another article. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I think it's kind of important. Um, and by the way, I love getting questions, so if you have them, feel free to send them to me. Um, Dan at the NutritionNinja.com. I love getting questions, and it allows me to help you. So I want to help you as much as I can. So when you ask these questions and I can answer them, not only helping you, but I'm helping potentially thousands of others with the same question. Uh, but I digress. So anyway, the, the woman's name was Joy. Um, and verbatim what she asked me is Dan I'm hearing a lot about this keto diet or keto diet or whatever keto keto whatever you want to call it it's supposed to be keto um, my friend is really pushing me to do it does it work pretty good question there don't you think um, let's face it we all heard about it it's all the rage right now um, you know keto is the diet the miracle weight loss programs it's all over social media there isn't a day I don't go on Facebook, Pinterest. Um, I'm not on Twitter anymore much, but when I was on there, it was on, uh, was all over that. You know, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't see someone touting it as the new miracle diet. Um, you know, the miracle weight loss program. I've seen it pushed on TV, and mostly, to be honest with you guys, it's being touted by so-called experts. You know, most of those who have zero knowledge about nutrition other than what they read on Flakebook, as I call it, or Pinterest, or I heard there's a new one, Tumblr, which to be honest with you, I don't know anything about it. Um, heck, I'm so old school, I haven't been on Snapchat yet. So, um, anyway. Now, that's not to say these guys are completely wrong in what they say, or that, you know, keto is a horrible thing. But like so many of those other miracle diets, they take information and then they tend to overemphasize the good and forget to talk about the bad. So I wanted to dive into it a little bit today and kind of talk about it. So what is keto? Keto is short for ketogenic or ketogenic. And it's been around really since the 1920s. People think this is a brand new thing. It's not. It's been around for approaching 100 years. And it's very, very similar to a diet that was all the rage 10 or 15 years ago. Any guesses? I'll pause for a second. If you said Atkins, yes, you're correct. Um, like Atkins, it's based on eating a high fat, mid to high amounts of protein, and low carbohydrate, in some cases very low carbohydrate diet. And then, depending on who you ask, you know, they'll, they'll push how low those carbohydrates should be. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit, but there's a red flag, guys. Okay? Someone tells you you should be on a very, very low carbohydrate. They're telling you to eliminate one of the three major nutrient groups that you need. The three majors are carbohydrates, fats, healthy fats, and protein. If they're telling you to eliminate one, something's not right. Something doesn't add up. Okay? 
So depending on who you ask, you're, you're, the red flags should go flying up if they tell you you can never eat carbs again. And I've seen people say, you know, you've got to eat less than 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. I've seen it couched as less than 10% of your total calories um, and lots of variations thereof. Now, the problem is many of these so-called experts out there subscribe to the theory that less is more. So let's say, I'll use Atkins as an example, the starting thing was 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. You were only supposed to do that for a couple of weeks. Then after that, you were supposed to increase them. But most people took that as one, I can only have 20 grams of carbohydrates the rest of my life, or two, that less is more. Well, if 20 grams is good, then zero grams is better. Not so fast, folks, not so fast. So I want to get into how it works a little bit, and I call this sciencey stuff, so bear with me a little bit. I'm going to try and make it somewhat interesting. Um, I've read and continue to read about this stuff all the time. I read all the studies. Um, it's, it's something that I get. It's a perverse pleasure for me to read scientific studies, and I read a lot of them. For most people, if you have trouble sleeping, I strongly urge you, grab a scientific study and start reading it, because they will put you to sleep. But, let me see if I can kind of take a, you know, a synopsis of many of the studies that I've read, and kind of narrow it down a little bit. And, and for those of you who are scientists, or nutrition experts, and so on and so forth, I know I'm taking a little bit of liberties here, I'll say that up front. Uh, but it's more a case of not trying to eliminate information or misrepresent it, but trying to make it a little bit more fun so people can understand it. All right. So the theory behind keto, keto, it's funny how you hear different people say it, um, Atkins or any of those other low-carb diets that are out there for that matter, and there's a lot of them, is that by consuming a minimal amount of carbohydrates, you, you train, or perhaps better better way to put it would be, say, force the body to burn something else instead of the carbs for fuel. For fuel. Wow, can't talk today. In theory, that primary source is fat. So proponents of the low-carb craze, keto, Atkins, whatever you want to call it, tout that you'll have more energy, lower appetite, and almost immediate weight loss by switching to that. Oh, and they'll be sure to mention you get to eat things like bacon, butter, meat, Lots and lots and lots of meat. And let's be honest, who doesn't want to eat bacon 24-7, right? I do. I love me some bacon. I consider it a health food. It's not, but I consider it one because I love me bacon. But all is not perfect when it comes to that. And, I, and again, I don't want to get too sciencey with it. But basically the goal of any low-carb diet is to introduce the body or induce the body into a state of ketosis. So, as I mentioned before, it's, uh, it's energy we're talking about. Our bodies run on various things, but the primary source of energy for the body is glucose. And in fact, our bodies prefer carbohydrates for energy, especially when we're tired, which is why you crave sweet things a lot of times when you're tired. And by cutting back on them, or cutting them out, our body has to turn somewhere else to get that energy to keep our organs functioning. Organs being the heart, the brain, the liver, so on and so forth. So in short, or, or to keep it simple, 
being in ketosis means our body is burning something other than carbohydrates to create that glucose that it needs to survive. Now glucose, which is basically sugar, is the fuel that allows us to exist. Okay? It's in our muscles, it's used by things like our brain to function. Okay? Um, you know, it allows us to breathe, to have a heartbeat, and all the other things we do during the day, whatever they might be, walking, working, you name it. It is the energy source that our brain runs on. So let's talk about Mr. Brain for a little bit. Now, for some perspective, the average person needs about 100 grams of glucose per day for the brain to function properly. And let me tell you folks, Mr. Brain is not a happy camper when he doesn't get his glucose. So when we're entering into a state of ketosis, we're actually depriving Mr. Brain of the very energy he needs to survive. And when that happens, he gets a little crazy. And he signals the rest of the body, specifically Mr. Liver, to go get him his fix. He needs his fix of glucose. Now, Mr. Liver, is he's an accommodating little fellow. He's a happy little guy. And he wants Mr. Brain to be happy. So he happens to just keep about 100 grams of glucose in storage for just such occasions. So when Mr. Brain needs his fix, Mr. Liver gives it to him. I guess you could call it like his crack dealer, right? <laughs> no, not so much. Problem is, Mr. Liver has it, doesn't have an unlimited supply. He's, like I said, he's got about 100 grams of glucose. So he's got to get something or use something to replace that darn glucose that he just gave away for the next fix. And in theory, he's going to get it from fat. That's the theory behind it. Okay, All good, right? I think we can agree that's, you know, we want to burn fat. If we can get Mr. Liver to tap our fat stores, we'll lose fat, we'll get thinner, and so on and so forth. So that's good, right? Well, yes and no. And I want to ask you to bear with me. I'll get into that a little bit. But more on that in a little bit, okay? So before we go further with it, let's talk about does it work? Because that's the ultimate question most people have. And to be fair, there is some science that supports the benefits of going keto, going low carb, going Atkins for that matter. But is it the be-all, end-all, perfect diet for everyone? Truth is, folks, maybe, maybe not. Okay, Fans of it will mention things to you like you'll feel fuller, you'll have fewer cravings, and in many cases, to be fair, you will feel better. They're not necessarily wrong with that. Truth is, like any diet or any program or any eating program in which you lose weight, it comes down to eating fewer calories than you burn. I've talked about it before. That's the bottom line. No matter how you're eating, if you want to lose weight, you have to eat less than you burn. If you want to gain weight, you got to eat more than you burn. If you want to maintain, they need to be somewhat in equilibrium. I don't care what style of eating you're doing. If you eat more than you burn, you will gain weight. Period. Now, one of the benefits is because you feel fuller, in time, in theory, most people will eat less calories. Mostly because you're eating more fat and protein, so you do feel fuller. 
Okay, carbohydrates go in and out of the body much quicker than protein and fat. Fat and protein take much, much longer to digest. So, in theory, you'd be less likely to overeat. And I'll give you a perfect example of it. We all know about the old, if you have, you know, go to a Chinese restaurant or order Chinese, have a big meal, two hours later you're starving, right? Why is that? Because those type of meals are very carbohydrate laden. So yeah, your body processes it. It's called the sugar spike or glucose spike. Crashes and then you feel hungry again, okay? So by eating more fat and protein, it takes longer to digest, you will indeed feel fuller. That's, that's absolutely true. And then yes, in most cases, you'll be less likely to overeat. And you may feel your mood is better at first. Um, you know, you gotta keep in mind, folks, that the American diet, and, and I'm focusing on that, for most people consists of carbs, carbs, and oh yeah, more carbs. For many of us, it means eating the carbs, crashing, eating the carbs, crashing, and then eating more carbs to combat the next crash. It's a vicious, never-ending cycle. So I talked about with the Chinese food, right? And most, if much, or well, let's be fair, most, I was right the first time, most of those carbs are in the form of added sugar. It's in everything we eat. And as I spoke of earlier, Mr. Brain likes his sugar fixes, glucose. He loves his sugar fixes. So much so that there are studies out there that are finding sugar to be more addictive than heroin. Okay, so when we go keto, many of us will feel better because we're eating differently. Okay, we won't be going through the ups and downs spikes. But then we go into carb withdrawal. And as I said, Mr. Brain is not a happy camper when he goes into carb withdrawal. I did Atkins way, way back when it first came out, which was what? Well, it came out in the 70s, but became really popular in the uh, early part of the century, like 2001, 2002. I gave it a try. And if you did it back then, you may have heard the term Atkins flu. I got it. I know a lot of people who did. Now, it's not the actual flu, guys. Uh, but it feels like it. the symptoms of the withdrawals from the carbohydrates in many ways may minimize the, uh, the effects of the flu. So you get things like headaches, muscle aches, fatigue, and in my case at least, and I know a lot of people want this, mental fogginess. I told you, Mr. Brain, he likes his glucose. When he doesn't get it, he isn't shy about letting you know he is not a happy camper. He's going to let you know he's displeased and that mental fogginess is part of that the good news is over time and, and from what I've read and what I've seen in my own personal experience usually about two or three weeks in you'll get over the flu in quotes because your body's starting to adapt uh, and you know starting to burn fat for energy at least in theory and it's about that time frame, two to three weeks in, that people start seeing the real weight loss. Now, I can hear a bunch of you screaming now, Dan, this all sounds great. I can live with the flu for a few days if it means I'll lose weight. Okay, bear with me a second. You know, is it all wine and roses? Mm, maybe. So as I said, let me give you a disclaimer here. I do not follow Keto, Atkins, or any of the variations of those diets. Okay. I've tried them, 
but I do currently practice eating lower carb. I didn't say low carb, I said lower, ER at the end of it, carb. What does that mean? Okay, it means I avoid eating things like processed sugars and carbohydrates that aren't good for me. I don't eliminate all carbs. This is not no carb. Okay, fruits and vegetables are okay, folks. I eat a lot of them. And you see, that's the problem with these all or nothing programs. The gurus who pitch them tend to go to the extremes. They take lower carb and convert it to eat no carb. Cut out all carbs. Okay, that doesn't mean just the bad ones like Oreos, potato chips, cake, pies, you name it, cookies. But the good ones like those fruits and vegetables I talked about. And I see a lot of people promoting the fact recently that fruit is making you fat. Somebody actually told me you can't eat vegetables that are grown in the ground because they have sugars in them. Now, if you can name a vegetable that isn't in some way associated with growing in the ground, I can't think of one. I'm not talking about things like sweet potatoes would actually grow in the ground. This particular person was saying all vegetables that grow in the ground, meaning things like tomatoes that you pick off a vine. Can't have them. Evil. Horrible. She was trying to convince me of this. And she had all this sciencey stuff behind it, most of which I shot down in seconds. Now to be fair, it's true. They vegetables, fruits, they do contain some sugar. So they aren't really lying when they say there's sugar in them. Sugar's not the problem, it's the added sugars. They are stretching things a bit. And what they, you know, neglect to mention, and this is far, far worse than than some of the stuff they say, but you know, they neglect to mention that in addition to sugar, fruits and vegetables contain a host of the vitamins and minerals that our bodies need in order to be healthy and to survive. A lot of these vitamins and minerals we can't get just from meat and fat. That's not good, folks. That's why you hear these proponents of these diets say you got to take a multivitamin, which I talked a little bit about in supplements. Okay. You're better off getting your fruits or your fruits, your uh, nutrients from fruits and vegetables, not from a pill. Okay, and there's another problem, one that I uh, myself experienced back in the day, and it, it's not just with the low carb, but any of those extreme diets, any of them, the cabbage soup diet, you know. The, the, all those fad diets that are out there, even the systematic ones, the Nutrisystems, Slim Fasts, uh, those kind of things. The problem, and I ran into it myself, they aren't sustainable in the long term, guys. Think about it. Could you go the rest of your life never being able to eat an ear of corn, assuming you like corn, or a piece of cake, or a cookie, or whatever, any treats that you enjoy? Of course not. No one can. I love corn. You're going to tell me I can never have corn again because it grows in the ground and it has carbohydrates? Are you kidding me? There's no way I'm going to go the rest of my life without eating it. No one can. And think about it. Ask yourself this. Fifteen years ago when Atkins was the rage, to the point grocery stores were carrying tons of products. Tons of them. 
low carb, no carb products. It was the thing. Everybody was on it. Ask your friends, family, coworkers. We were all on it. Okay. I want you to think about something. Can you name a single person, even one, that is still doing Atkins today? I'm not talking about somebody who just started it and went on it. I'm talking about someone who's been doing it for 15 years. Nope, neither can I. And I have zero doubt, no doubt whatsoever, that 10 years from now we'll be saying the same thing about all the keto heads out there. Why? Because in the long run, it's not something someone can do for the rest of their life. Let's be honest, holidays, parties, or the, you know, just plain I haven't had fill in the blank in a while and I want it, damn it. It's going to come into play. And what happens when you deprive yourself that way is that's when the binges come. I've talked about my addiction to M&M's before. I love me some peanut M&M's. To the point I ate a three pound bag every single Sunday for years. I still have that addiction. How do I prevent it from kicking in? A couple times a year, usually three, I will, when I'm grocery shopping, grab one of the small packs at the checkout stand. And I'll have that. I'm not going to deprive myself from having an M&M the rest of my life. This is what works for me. There are people that do need to do that. okay? But for me, I will allow myself that pack of M&Ms periodically. Like I said, about two, three times a year I'll do it. And I did it oh, about three months ago. Went to the grocery store, hadn't intended to buy it. Hit that, you know, did my shopping, I kind of looked down, it was a long line, I saw them, I said, you know what, I'm gonna grab them. And I grabbed the small, I think it was 99 cent bag. They have a bigger one there. But I grabbed the smaller one. And let me tell you kids, by the time I checked out, got in my car, and opened that bag, I was almost shaking in desire. And that bag did not make it out of the grocery store parking lot. It was gone in seconds. So that binge happened. But I limited it because I had no others. And if I had bought a three-pound bag of M&Ms, I can assure you that three pounds would have gone. So I'm realistic enough to know that I have to limit myself with it. But that's the thing. When you deprive yourself year after year, those cravings come on and you cannot fight them. I can't fight them. There's very, very few people that can. And when you do that, next thing you know, you're out of ketosis. You're back in your old eating habits. Okay. And then what happens, as many find out, when you come out of ketosis, which is pretty easy to do. Like I said, I have a bag of M&Ms. That could do it. Then the weight starts coming back on and it comes back with a vengeance. Mr. Brain gets fat, dumb, and happy because he's got his sugar. And that leads to the biggest reason why I caution people about these extreme types of diets. Because when you fall off the wagon, you start feeling guilty, you, sh you know, shame, you're inadequate, you hate yourself. All those feelings hit us when we fall off the wagon. And I've seen people who've spent months and months, even maybe years, on these diets. And I've had, i got to be honest, I've had success. Gain it all back and more in just a few short weeks when they go off track. Further, they get so discouraged and depressed by it, they start to eat their feelings. So it leads them not to just gain the weight back they lost, but add on even more. 
Now, I'll bet a few of you listening to this are shaking your head right now. That was me also, by the way. Then it magnifies up, and it leads to the I can never lose weight, so I might as well give up mentality that I see in so many people. People that could get the weight off if they did it the right way and had help. So what do you do? You know, when it comes to eating healthily, I personally don't believe there's a perfect diet that fits everyone. There's no miracle weight loss program. What works for one person may result in a disaster for another. What works for your friend may not work for you. It might, but it might not. More often than not, it won't. And, you know, in my many years of coaching and training, um, as I said, I've yet to find a single be-all, end-all diet that works for everyone. What does work? Balance. Finding balance. Whatever that balance is for you. And that's the thing, kids. It's different from everybody. You know, what do I mean by that? For most of us, it means focusing on eating healthier foods most of the time. But allowing yourself to have those occasional treats. The M&Ms I talked about. Okay? And not beating yourself up for doing it. I don't hate myself because I scarfed down that entire bag of M&Ms in probably 40 seconds. It went that fast, guys. Okay? But I don't beat myself up over it. I didn't deprive myself. I gave myself a fix. And to be honest with you, I haven't had a craving for it since. And I may not have it again until next year. Who knows? I focus on day-to-day eating healthier the best I can. I focus on making small changes over time to improve the diet. I don't, I don't, and when I'm coaching people, I talk about this a lot. That all-or-nothing mentality is not going to work. It has. I have never found a single person it's worked for. Not one. Not in the long run. People fight me tooth and nail. I had one not too long ago who said to me, I'm going to go back on, and I'll leave the name of the diet out. And I said, why? Because it worked. It worked. Yep, I lost 60 pounds. That's awesome. Did you keep the 60 pounds off? Well, no. Well, why? Well, I stopped doing it. Well, why did you stop doing it? Well, I got bored with it. So you got bored with it, so it didn't work. It worked in the short term. Absolutely it did. But in the long term, no. Not only did you gain all the weight back, but now you're going to struggle to get it off even harder. Okay, That's why I'm not a fan of those things. Real food, right amounts, exercise. That's what I preach. So it means focusing on making those small changes to make things better with your diet, your eating, your nutrition, without resulting in all those all or nothing extremes because they're not going to work, guys. It means not listening to those gurus who tell you you have to eliminate certain food groups or certain macros as they're known. Carbs, fat, protein. Remember, can't eat fat. That was going to kill you too. Can't eat fat because that's going to make you fat. It was all a lie, guys. It was all a lie. You have to have all of these things to be healthy. Now, as I said earlier, what works for me is eating lower carbs. Does that mean I sit and count every single carb I eat and try to hit some magic number that will help me, you know, well, help me lose weight and then keep it off? No. In fact, I rarely count my carbs. 
But keep in mind, I've been doing this a while. I can kind of judge what I'm getting just by looking at it, which most people can't. They can in time, but right now they can't. I focus on eating real foods in the right amounts, as I talked about. And I'll, yeah, I allow myself the occasional treat. If I want to go to you know the ice cream stand with my wife and have a, an ice cream, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it, not in the least. Now, if I do it every single day, then we got a problem. But if every other week or so, or in the summer, I go have an ice cream cone, it's not the end of the world, guys. And I make adjustments during the day for doing that. That's what I teach people. You know, I focus on not overeating the high sugar foods that so many of us not just enjoy, but live on, actually live on every day. That crap food, donuts, bagels for breakfast, followed by, you know, super high carb meals out at restaurants and so on and so forth. I focus on eating healthy carbs and when I really want something sweet, I get it from things like fruit. Cherries are in season as I'm recording this. It's probably one of my favorite, it is my favorite fruit of all. Love cherries, strawberries, blueberries, things like that. Guys, when you stop eating the crap, those things taste phenomenal. I have people tell me all the time, Oh, I eat strawberries, but it's just not the same unless I add sugar to it. You shouldn't be adding sugar to your strawberries. You shouldn't have to. That's because you're addicted to sugar. Mr. Brain wants his fix. You're feeding Mr. Brain. And if I want crunch, I don't reach for bags of potato chips. Okay, I have something like carrots and celery or peppers or some other veggie. And yeah, I have a little dip with it. I've shared on and my Facebook page and on my blog uh, recipes for dips that are not bad for you. And let me tell you, friends, it's worked. I don't dive into that three-pound bag of M&Ms anymore or eat an entire bag of chips in one sitting, which I did time and again, and I'm sure most of you have. To be honest with you, the thought of doing that now literally makes me feel sick, nauseous. And it's why I was able to lose 120 pounds 10 plus years ago and keep it off. And I haven't even had to work at keeping it off. Because I retrained my body and, yeah, Mr. Brain, that he doesn't need that sugar, that processed food, that crap. He can be perfectly happy eating real foods. And I didn't eliminate all the carbs from my diet. I just learned how to eat and enjoy the healthier ones. And let me tell you, folks, when you start doing that, and you let's say you're getting your sweet fix from, um, let's say, strawberries, when you go to have that junk food, it actually tastes disgusting. I, I took a bite of a Twinkie probably six months ago. I had to spit it out. It was so disgusting. I haven't had a Twinkie in 10 years. But I was doing a um, workshop on it. And I was talking about the calories in it and the fat. And someone kind of jokingly dared me to take a bite. And I did. And I, honest to God, had to spit it out. It wasn't because I was doing a workshop. It was disgusting. I don't know how people can eat that stuff. I don't know how I ate that stuff for years. Oh, by the way, I still have another pack of those Twinkies. 
and I'll bet you they'll still be around years from now. They don't rot, which is a scary thought. All right, so let's sum it up, okay? And let me be sure to tell you, my friend, it may seem like I'm anti-keto, anti-diet. The truth is I'm really not. If it's going to work for you and isn't going to cause you health issues, then by all means do it. I'm pretty neutral on that, pretty diet neutral. Okay, if you think Atkins or low carb is the way you can go and stick to it in the long run, have at it. But be aware of the dangers of it. Be aware of the pitfalls, some of the things I talked about. And for the love of God, do not do it without checking with your physician first. Before undertaking any program, not just the extreme ones. Because it can cause health issues. All right. You know, as I said, one of those fad diets, Cato, Atkins, you know, cabbage soup, whatever, they may indeed work for you. But before you do choose to follow one, one, check with your physician, as I said, and two, do your research on it. And then ask yourself one question. And, and the question that I found will give you the answer more than any other to whether a program will work for you or not is this. Write this one down, folks. Will I be happy eating this way a year from now and then the rest of my life? So whatever diet program you're looking at, ask yourself that question. Will I be happy eating this way a year from now or for the rest of my life? So when one of those gurus tells you you can never have carbohydrates again the rest of your life. That means if you like cake, you can never have cake again. If you can honestly say that a year from now you'll be happy not eating that cake and never having a piece of cake the rest of your life, then go ahead. But I already know the answer for most of you is no, you can't do that. Okay? case of keto, it means asking yourself something along the lines of, can I never have fill in the blank with any sweet again in my life and be happy? And yeah, I know they have tons of recipes of all this stuff out there. But that's the bottom line. It's a bit extreme. I, I give you that. But that answer will give you, the answer you give yourself will tell you how likely you are to succeed in the long run. And I'll tell you, I ask people this all the time when they're when they bring these, you know, they ask me questions like that, like Joy did. My response to Joy, because I emailed her back and go, and I didn't get into all this. I just simply said to her, "Are you willing to go the rest of your life without any sweets?" And her response was no. And that's the bottom line, folks. I I know there's you know all sorts of recipes and stuff out yeah, that's not where I'm getting with it. You know what I'm talking about, I hope. So if you have questions like that or you need help getting on track, that's what I'm here for, guys. Okay, email me, Dan at the Nutrition Ninja dot com. And we can arrange a time where you and I can chat and talk about how I can help you get your health on track and achieve the dreams that you didn't think were possible. And I can help you to learn how to eat real foods in the right amounts. 
If you need help with workouts, I can help you with that too. Alright, so there's some facts on keto and lower carb, low carb, sorry. Um, you know, take them for what they're worth. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying do do it. I just gave you the information. It's up to you to choose what you do with it. Again, if you do choose to do it, I strongly urge you to check with your medical professional before doing it. Because in a lot of cases, it's a very bad thing for you and your health to do something like that. All right, until next time, Dan the Nutrition Ninja, have an awesome day.